thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 131. Thou art as tyrannous, so as thou art, as those whose beauties proudly make them cruel. For well thou knowest to my dear doting heart, thou art the fairest and most precious jewel. Yet, in good faith some say, but thee behold, thy face hath not the power to make love groan. They say to err, I dare not be so bold, although I swear it to myself alone. And, to be sure that this is not false, I swear a thousand groans, but thinking on thy face. One on another's neck do witness bear thy black is fairest in my judgment's place. In nothing art thou black save in thy deeds, and thence this slander, as I think, proceeds. That was Sonnet 131 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I am Mark Chasley, and I am joined, as always, by a very studious-looking... <laughs> Thierry Healers, I'm not that studious. You, you used it's, to, you, it's, it's just because I'm wearing my really old University of Glamorgan sweater. Ah, see that that a university that doesn't exist anymore. No, no, it, it's the lesser known of the red brick Russell Group universities in, in the sense that it, yeah, it wasn't yeah. in that group. But it was, yeah. Anyway, what do you think of Sonnet One Three One? I I quite like it. I mean, he's still very much. I would say continues to see the, the the theme from the previous one that his mistress isn't good looking <laughs> to, to, to say it nicely oh that's a She's, bit mean um, well I, I mean he said he he says thy face hath not the power to make love groan it's just the kind of you're not traditionally beautiful <laughs> there's 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 not so much on the outside but then he does go into the, the fact that she does have other qualities yeah, I yes, I suppose so. I I maybe see it slightly differently. I I'm starting to see this as a he's realizing that society's standards for beauty aren't necessarily universal. The the fair youth was all about beauty. The fair youth was beautiful. He was undeniably beautiful. Everyone thought the fair youth was beautiful, and that sort of came across in the sonnets quite a lot. That he was the epitome of of cultural beauty. And I think the dark lady, in contrast to that, is him picking someone who doesn't fit that conventional style of beauty and going, but you are still beautiful because of. Unfortunately, he doesn't quite go as far as you're beautiful because you're a strong, independent black woman. It's kind of a... <laughs> well, I mean, we are still at the... We, we have 20, 23, 24-ish of these left. Yes. So, so we we might still get to that point. <laughs> the, the, the maybe the black ghetto sonnet, the little known <laughs> black ghetto sonnet. <laughs> we need to find someone called Shaniqua to read that to us. <laughs> oh, we, we're probably uh, <laughs> skirting a very fine line at the moment. <laughs> I, I I should point out. Uh, no, I yeah, I I think <clears throat> this sonnet is very nice. I uh, groan is quite an interesting word though. Uh, thy face hath not the power to make love groan. And also later on, um, uh, where was it later on? Uh, a thousand groans, but thinking on thy face. I swear a thousand groans. So is groan in this sense a positive, as in what we would kind of, an involuntary moan of pleasure? Is it is it that kind of groan? Or groan to me always sounds negative. 
I don't... <clears throat> I didn't exactly have... Well, I, I didn't have a negative connotation. Okay. With Grown. It, I, it, I wasn't quite sure why he made that specific choice other than forcing in a rhyme. <laughs> I... Yeah. Uh, not the power to make love groan. It, it, uh, maybe the, the, your first interpretation that it is a, it's kind of a spontaneous, like you don't decide to groan. No. Usually, it's not a very, it's not a conscious decision that you're gonna groan. It's just, it's like yawning. It just happens. It, it's a physical reaction to something that's occurring. I've, I've, I've never heard a groan of pleasure. That's never. A, it's always a groan of pain. You have a moan of pleasure. You 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 moan out during sex. You don't groan during sex. So in my in my head, maybe it's it's my exposure to the language, or maybe it's it's a very cultural, a modern version of that word. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what the dictionary definition of groan is. I don't, I just for some reason my I have moaning and groaning in my head as one. Yeah, verb. I don't know. I've, make, I've never thought of to, groan as as something it, of pain or something bad. Verb make an, a deep, inarticulate sound conveying pain, despair, and ah. Uh, but pleasure is in that list as well. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It might have. It might have shifted. I mean, this was four hundred years ago. It might have shifted towards being something more negative. Yeah. Than it was at Shakespeare's time. <clears throat> Sorry, that's okay. I, I yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe so. I so that was the sort of one thing that kind of jumped out at me in this sonnet was that was that word, um, because yeah, thy face has not the power to make love groan. The way that I would have then read that is that love as a person, the fair youth was so beautiful that it could pain the the goddess of love because. She was meant to be the most beautiful, but the fair youth was almost equally or, or surpassed that beauty, and therefore it harmed the goddess. And so my reading then would be, thy face have not the power to make love groan, is saying, your face is a bit ugly, and, and it's no competition to love the person. But that would require a capital L on love, which we don't have. Um, mm. So that's why I started getting a bit confused when I read this earlier. It might... Maybe it isn't a personification, but it's still kind of to make love groan more as in make make maybe make me groan with love. Yeah, that yes, and and being in love isn't necessarily a pleasurable experience all the time. And and or ever. Well, I I know that's a bit cynical, even for you. Well, we haven't so far. We haven't found out whether it is, um, unrequited love or not, have we? So, it could just be painful. Well, although even unrequited love can have moments where it's just the, the 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 pleasure takes over so much, the kind of craziness that you don't notice the pain. I don't know if I've ever had unrequited love that's... I I suppose... But yeah, because even... It, initially, I mean, yeah. it, it would obviously... Because it's still exciting, it's still new. Yeah, and I mean, usually... Well, when, when you are the first one to fall in love with someone you barely know, 
you often don't know anyways whether the other person fails the same or not. So you still have that wave of just ups and downs. Yeah. Whether it, it'll turn out to be unrequited or not. Yeah, that that makes sense. That So okay, so we have decided that grown could be used in both contexts here. We're good. We're proper scholars, we are. <laughs> wow, that's um we're proper scholars, we are. That's that 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 now we found the slogan for our <laughs> podcast, Mark. We should have it on t shirts. <laughs> I I can have we're proper and then you could have scholars we are on yours. <laughs> and it only works when we're all together. Oh dear. And then just do a public reading of Shakespearean sonnets and just <laughs> Yeah, because we're so good at getting them on our first yeah, go. Even yeah, even when yeah. we rehearse. That's yeah, that that would work out well. Although, if the Royal Shakespeare Company is listening, I am available to act in one of your plays because that would be awesome. Yeah, I don't. I, I the only one. Well, no, I have seen several, but the one I remember most was Hamlet with um, David Tennant and. Um, oh, you went to see the Patrick Stewart. Yeah, and um, <laughs> the one that... I don't think I would have wanted to be on that stage. I would have just no. sit in the corner and cried and just felt miserable and and just. Like an incredibly bad human. <laughs> I can't do it nearly as good as they can. That was that was the because um, they announced David Tennant was leaving Doctor Who in that run as well. Um, while that run yeah. was going well, they, on, they they shortened his one series to four specials in a year because he was playing Hamlet. Yeah, and everyone's going, kind of "Oh, they're not going to fire David Tennant because they're going out of their way." to keep Doctor Who going while he's in that play. And then, like, halfway through the year, they went, oh, yeah, he's leaving now. It's just like, you could have just given us a full series with a new actor. Why drag this out? <laughs> the reason was is Russell T. Davis was on the verge of a breakdown. If, mm. if you read the writer's story, he was literally on the verge of just walking away from the BBC. Um, I, I, yeah. But I, I, that was the um, the play and the cast that, that really pissed off all people who go to see the the... Oh dear! Oh no, you're back. They, they pissed off people who usually go to see the Royal Shakespeare Company because usually it's quite easy to get seats for any performance as long as you're booking a week in advance. Uh, except for that David Tennant. Any what? Any time David Tennant's in it now, all these regulars who go, should we? Should we go see the latest RSC production this weekend? Yeah, I'll phone up and try and get tickets. And they phone up and it's like, what do you mean it's been sold out for six months? Yeah, I can't. I think I booked mine. Two or three months in advance. Hmm. It's it still wasn't that long. Like I went early August ish. I think it was. So it 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 wasn't anywhere near the beginning of the run of the play. No, no. But um, there were still quite a few. But then I was very very flexible. A summer holidays student, I'll go whenever. Yeah. It's like when when I, I usually go with my <clears throat> other half. We usually go like Thursday night. One, so we sit there. It's really, it's absolutely fine. But you sometimes get a school group in, which is really funny watching their reactions. Just these these miserable kids who are about eleven until the fighting starts, and they're like, oh, "They're actually fighting," because <laughs> they're just used to cuts and and movie fighting, which is just so yeah silly. <sighs> movie fighting can be impressive. I mean, there are quite a few movies that do have a really nice choreography. Yeah. But just seeing two people, depending where you sit, they can literally be right in front of you, fighting with swords. It's it's kind of quite different to uh, just sitting in a cinema and 
having a soundtrack yeah. and all the CGI around them. It makes it more real. When there's no music and all you've got is the noise of the swords. Just the swords clinking together. It's, yeah. yeah, amazingly dramatic. Oh, I love Shakespeare. We should do a podcast about shit. Oh, we are. <laughs> we we are. We are actually. Actually, that might be the first tangent we've had where we state on Shakespeare. <laughs> That's brilliant. We've gone off on a tangent, but at least it was about Shakespeare. So all we need to do now is go on a tangent about sonnets that aren't necessarily Shakespearean sonnets, and and we've kind of done everything. It's be good. Um. Yeah, the sonnet is weird. I think it's weird because we we starts we seem to be starting to confuse the word dark and its meaning now. So it was made pretty clear that the dark lady has dark skin in in the previous sonnets and and darker complexion and darker hair and darker eyes. But this is starting to give her a dark personality as well, which I find quite interesting. Yeah, I, I, is it the next sonnet going ahead, where he uh, he starts talking about her moral values not being quite up to Ooh. society's standards of the time? I haven't read that one yet. Ooh. <clears throat> so yeah, I think you're right that we 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 start. Well, we don't know. I mean, he hasn't actually said that she is. Dark, well, dark skinned or, or African or, or any kind of. He, he, he's called her black or dark, but we just. No, we don't know for we, certain. We've taken it as, as being physically dark skinned, but it might have been just the moral all along. Yeah, but then you start getting careers like uh, if. if um... If if wires be black, then black wires grow on her head, and and uh, those that's true. Lots of that's hints true. kind of start hinting towards the kind of African. That is true. Ancestry. I forgot about that. See, you need a memory like mine. That was only one sonnet ago. Cuh. That's yeah, yeah. It's not like there's a week in between recording these no, two. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Shush! Stop giving away our methods. <laughs> we read we read all of these sonnets in one go. We just. It's still 2009. We just we took a year off and just read all of the sonnets. We haven't slept in 131 sonnets. Lots of coffee is going on. What what would that if it was it like an average of what 20 minutes an episode? Yes. That's what for for 154 sonnets. It's going to be it's um <laughs> You actually yeah, do. that's forty-four hours ish up until this point. Oh, that's not too bad then. It it might not be. I just went with twenty minutes on. I I can't. If I open iTunes now, Skype will crash. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Skype, the great resource hog of the modern world. It's just yeah, it's it's running at ninety percent. No, a hundred. It just jumped to a hundred. Excellent. Um, the sonnet. I, I I'm struggling to find things to say about this one. I I quite like. So yes, he starts out calling her tyrannous. Thou art as tyrannous as thou art, as those whose beauties proudly make them cruel. So he's saying that beauty almost leads to dark personality t- traits, but she isn't cruel. She's t- tyrannous. 
and and I don't know. Tyrannous in my mind is worse than cruel. Cruelness is is transitory. You can be cruel to something or someone, and then but tyranny is is constant. Yeah, it's ongoing, yeah. which is quite interesting. But then it goes on. Uh, For well thou knowest, my dear doting heart, thou art the fairest and most precious jewel. So he's again Shakespeare had a very funny way of looking at relationships it's again that he loves her either in spite of her bad side or dare I say it after the after the fair youth because of the dark side he's attracted to power and cruelness and immoral actions it seems that that's kind of I don't know if you we've been um Finally, watching the um, Netflix's version of House of Cards. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I don't know if you've seen that. No. But that's that. This is actually because I, I I'm quite struggling to um to understand the two main characters. Well, two of the main characters, Kevin Spacey's and and his wife's characters in the show, because they are very much like this. Like they're both incredibly immoral people. Okay. They they're very much everything is just a means to and like just they sleep with other people and they both know that the other person sleeps with other people and it's just an ends to a means. It, there's no uh, a means to an end. Okay. Sorry. And they they are attracted to each other because they are morally corrupt and and just will do whatever it takes to get there to where they want to go. Interesting. So, so, and and that actually works. Like we're eight, eight, eight episodes into the show now, and it actually works. Like that, that is probably the strongest couple in the show, and and the one that is actually sticking together. So, I guess if you're both kind of, if that is your attraction, someone who is morally corrupt, but in that corruption, kind of just keeps on track. Yeah, and and that that could be attractive. There is an argument, and I don't know how true it is, but to get big in business, or or to to get to where you need to be, or where these some of these high positions like hugely uh, A list celebrities and and billionaires, you kind of have to be, or there is an argument at least that you kind of have to be a little bit cruel and a little bit. Uh, that kind of way inclined, almost not maybe amoral, but maybe immoral. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what happens in 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 the show. He's the the main character, Kevin Spacey, is the Democratic whip of the, in, uh, in in the American Congress, and he he kind of gets cut out of the new government despite having helped it get there, like okay. helping the president getting elected. And then his like he just is on this quest of revenge of taking the entire government down. <laughs> And it just like like obviously there's wins and losses like he doesn't always succeed kind of thing with, with his with the various things that he's tries to, to do, but there are other people and and other couples in the show and they aren't as morally corrupt and they're just kind of failing to get to the top. Yeah, I mean he isn't quite there yet, but he is inching closer and closer constantly. Whether he'll get there or not is another thing. I, I'm not that well. The second season isn't released yet. Interesting. I'm gonna have to but watch that. That's kind of just—it's a really good show. There's a similar. I mean, uh, yes, minister and yes, prime minister in the UK. Um, the minister himself is a bit dim, so he's he doesn't really 
come into it, but Sir Humphrey, who's his permanent secretary, is very, uh, well, maybe not amoral. It's, it's, everything is done. Everything Sir Humphrey does is for the benefit of Sir Humphrey and, 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 and for the benefit of the civil service. And there is nothing that he will ever do or concede or, or, allow the minister to bring into action that doesn't have a positive action back on himself and the way he does that is through manipulation and 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 a lot of distraction and it's, it's a very interesting i mean it's it's a, it's a sitcom but it's very interesting from a politics point of view if you're left wing at all watch it it's beautiful it's it's beautiful yeah that's that's the opposite of house of cards if you're left wing it's you're not gonna like it <laughs> okay because I, I, like the first couple of episodes, I watched it thinking he was the Republican whip. Okay. And then he just, they, they I, maybe I just didn't pay close enough. I missed the line of dialogue where he mentioned that he's a Democrat. Well, like a few episodes in, they just kind of talk about him being the Democratic whip. And then it's kind of like, what? That's, left-wing people can't be this morally corrupt. <laughs> That's not how it works. The Democrat Party aren't exactly left-wing. <laughs> if, we, if we're putting the Democrats yeah, on it. Yeah, 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 I know, they're. Yeah, it's like the Labour in the UK pretending to be left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretend they're not doing that very well at the moment either. No, no, I do have a few friends that are members of the Labour Party though, and they're just going on about how it's a true left-wing party. It's like you haven't experienced left-wing politics <laughs> if you think that Labour is even. They're maybe slightly leaning towards the left from the <laughs> rightish centre, but they're not. They, they, yeah, they're just tilting they're their heads. They're left off the Tories, but... Yeah. Mm. Oh, blimey. Sometimes. Politics. Ugh. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I've decided if, what the name of my party would be if I ever ran Creator Party. It'd be the Science Party. The Science Party. And we would stand on a platform of honesty and science. So if someone came to me and went, we want to bring this new treatment into hospital, they'd have to bring science to back it up, which means instantly homeopathy disappears from the NHS, which would be wonderful. Uh, Can we also ban astrology from this country? Yes. Just people believing that there's a moon or or a star (laughs) that isn't even in that place anymore because... We sh- we move around the galaxy, so the star signs that were the signs when it was established thousands of years ago aren't quite working up with the way we we are now in the universe. Uh, how do you know I it just... doesn't take that into account, Thierry? How do you know? <sighs> you can't disprove God, them. I've, I've... <laughs> because I I have I don't know I I for some reason I have a lot of friends that are born around the same. I'm born at the end of March. A lot of friends that are born around that same period. Okay. For some weird coincidence. But according to astrology, we should all have the same character's traits. Yeah. And, and no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it's like, oh, that's because you have an ascendant in <laughs> Jupiter and, and because Zeus smited Thor. And, and you're just like, just. No, you're just, just... Zeus took a trip from ancient Greece over to... to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he walked over from the Pantheon of... Uh, to, uh, I don't know, to the Vatican. To the and, Nordic and Plains and... and... Just, just... Oh. Danced on Yggdrasil. <laughs> I've been watching too much too much of the almighty Johnson. You have. It's, it's good, though. Um, that, that... I think you should read us out. That was, because that was a good round. We, we've covered yeah. politics. We've we've covered Shakespeare. <laughs> we've covered the sonnet a bit. I think mean, it's a good podcast. This one. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I will try and, and read us out. Yes. Sonnet 131. Thou art as tyrannous, so as thou art, as those whose beauties proudly make them crawl. For well thou knowest, to my dear doting heart, thou art the fairest and most precious jewel. Yet, in good faith, some say that thee behold, thy face hath not the power to make love groan. To say they err, I dare not be so bold, although I swear it to myself alone. And to be sure, that is not false, I swear, a thousand groans, but thinking on thy face, on the wonder with the bourbon. Mm. Almost. Almost. One on another's neck do witness bear, thy black is fairest in my judgment's place. In nothing art thou black safe in thy deeds, and thence is slander, as I think, proceeds. Excellent. That was Sonnet 131 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I have been Mark Chastely, and you can follow me on Twitter at inirent. And I have been Thierry Hillers, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And we shall see you next time for Sonnet 132. Blimey. Exciting. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.